I'll get up on my tiptoes. Uh, a reminder, Saturday, 6.45 p.m., Mark Sakamoto's speech uh, presentation talking about his book and, and his life and, and the journey of Japanese Canadians. Uh, we've also got next Thursday, Alberta's tax regime is the lowest in Canada. Is a revenue reno needed to maintain strong public services? That'll be a good one if you're an economist. Uh, we're going to start. We're going to start the question period. Uh, if you can, please just step up to the podium, just off to my left, so over on the west side of the room, and we'll call Tom back up and it. We'll get going with questions. I have a couple of written questions already, which is actually really nice. It's been a while since I've moderated and had written questions. Uh, <coughs> am I good? Check. Check one. Uh, Tom, I've got a written question here. Uh, the first one is, you mentioned the cost of sending Olympians was $184 million. Uh, what is the source of that, and, and do you have an idea of the breakdown of those costs? It's just an illustration, and uh, we know what it costs to host the Olympics in Korea, and I'm just assuming it'll cost mm -hmm. a similar amount in Calgary. Now. We also know that there are 24 Alberta athletes who are sent to those Olympics. So it's just simple division. Uh, the cost of the Korea Olympics divided by 24 Olympians is uh, $184 million per Olympian. It's just a ballpark represent representative number. And, sorry. No, that's okay. Uh, and then the second question is, wouldn't it make more sense for all five countries to pull out of the bidding and bring the IOC back to reality on costs and expenses and free handouts and things like that? Well, this is kind of like government, and what makes sense doesn't really matter much. <laughs> so, <laughs> that's the short answer to that one. The IOC, the International Olympic Committee, has a monopoly on this. It's a great monopoly, and they're not about to give it up. So all of that, all of that's a practical question, and it might solve a lot of problems. It's something that's not going to happen in our lifetime. My name is uh, Knut Peterson. Thanks a lot for coming here, Tom. I really appreciate you coming down to speak about this important uh, issue. I, th I think it's a Im pretty important issue. Uh, could you talk a little bit about the, the, thing, the way things have changed from 1988 till now? Like, uh, I mean, the, the security cost alone for the 2026 Olympics would be more than the total cost of, of hosting in 1988. So we're talking a very, very different ball game as compared to, to then. Mm -hmm. And. Uh, what are, what are your thoughts on uh, on infrastructure in, in Calgary in general? I mean, they're, they're minimizing it now, but reality is that they would probably have to build uh, several other buildings and uh, spend <coughs> spend extra money. The 5.2 is probably not a not a final figure at all. 
uh, and of, as, as, you, as you mentioned, with the, the paying off the mortgage would be more than double the, the cost. But the, the security alone is, is just blows your mind. Uh, thank you for having me, Knut, and uh, thank you for all of you attending today as well. It's been a great pleasure for me to be here, especially since I grew up here. And uh, I, as I pointed out, I've been many places, many countries over the years. But I have to tell you, I've never been anywhere that has the impact or meaning that Lethbridge has. If in all those countries I had the opportunity to choose where I could be or live, the answer would be very quickly Lethbridge, Alberta. So thank you. The question you bring uh, posed is how things have changed. I, uh, as a young boy, uh, climbed up to the top of the, our house and sat there and watched the sunset one night. And in my lifetime, I decided that there were three things that I would like to see. And one of those was that I had the capacity in my old age to be able to think back about those things that had changed in my lifetime. And driving around the city today and seeing the streets with a canopy of trees over the roads where there were no trees when I grew up here might not seem like a significant event but it's an important milestone in a person's lifetime, in my lifetime. I'm sure we all have these. And now to measure these sorts of things against a specific event like the Olympics, what has changed since 1988? And if we even think back further than 1988, what changed in the prior 15 year, 50 years to there? Well, I can talk in practical terms and say this building was built or this road was laid down or we have this infrastructure left over from that event. But I don't know that that is the real measure of what has happened in our lifetime or over the years since the last Olympics. We have some things left over in Calgary from those last Olympics. But I don't know that that is the measure of what has changed. I would say a measure of what has changed is Ron Pratt over here, who came up to me and said to me, he started talking to me, I'm looking at him, where do I know this gentleman? And finally I had to ask his name, and he told me, well, I used to go to high school with you. And I'm looking at him, right away it reminded me our high school football and basketball team had a 50-year reunion a little while ago. And I came down to it all excited, expecting to see the guys that I played ball with. I walked into the room, and all I saw were all these old people. <laughs> <laughs> and I went home, looked in the mirror, and I'm thinking, you know, I'm one of those guys. I'm one of those guys now. And I thought about the memories and the significance and the legacy from that. 
And those are the important things in life. Those type of relationships, those kind of rem those memories. And whereas I could stand here, Newt Knut, and give you a pretty concrete answer to your question, what has changed in terms of dollars and cents and buildings and roads, that's not really the measure of what has changed. People said about Calgary after the Olympics, it put Calgary on the map. And they're saying that again about the Olympics. If we have Olympics, it will put Calgary on the map. Well, I can assure you that in each of those 19 countries in which I worked, Calgary was on their map. We never did need, and we now need today, the Olympics to put Calgary on the map. People will know Calgary, they will know Alberta, they will know Canada by the people sitting in this room, by our neighbors throughout this province, through our fellow Canadians. And something that is really important to me is Vimy Ridge. Not only because we are in the Legion today, but because my grandfather lived there, or my grandfather fought there. And he was wounded four different times and got up and went back to fight. And they say about Vimy Ridge is that was a birth of a nation. It may or may not have been. But our nation is comprised of everybody in this room and the memories you have of where you grew up in this country and the privilege we have in living in a country like we do. Canute, I know that doesn't answer your question, but I, I'm in charge of the microphone so I can say whatever I want. <laughs> Thank you for the question. Okay, my name is Mark Gettel. I'm sorry, I didn't hear your name. Oh, Mark, Mark Gettel. Thank you, Mark. And uh, I travel a lot around the world, and you're right, you know, the Olympics have put Calgary on the map, because whenever I'm asked where you're from, unfortunately, I never say Lethbridge. If, even if I say Calgary, they'll say, where's that? Sometimes, Alberta. But it certainly does put Calgary on the map. So I'm just wondering, and, and, and also, during the Olympics, there's a lot of tourism-type things that are going around the world, every network that's covering it. So I'm just wondering, that there's a lot more than just dollars and cents. It, it, it keeps it going for a long time. But I'm just wondering, is there any, are you aware of any econo economist or anybody who's done an analysis to see after an event like the Olympics, what does that do for tourism? Not just the year of the Olympics, but for the decades after that. Okay. It's hard to put a dollar value on it, but I'm just wondering, is there, has there been an analysis? Uh, yes, sir. Let me answer that question this way. First of all, specifically in regard to tourism. We have a great example in Calgary because in 1988 we held the Olympics. So what you can do very easily with Calgary is look at the tourism before the Olympics and the tourism after the Olympics. For the period of the Olympic Games, for the two weeks, there is, a, of course, a bump in tourism. But afterwards, the tourism is exactly the same as it was after. In regard to the Vancouver Olympics, uh, analysis done, 
And the same situation there. Tourism increased during the Olympics, but after it's leveled out to the same level it was before. Now, generally in regard to response to your question, there have been economic analysis done ad infinitum on the Olympics because it's such a major world event. And the major question has always been what's in it for us? Is there a long-term economic benefit? Is there even a short-term economic benefit from the Olympic Games? And as best economists can figure, they add up the numbers here on one side, it's what it costs, and the benefits over here. The answer in most cases is the costs exceed the benefits. There are better ways to spend the money for community benefit than the Olympics. And the most recent one done by the University of Calgary, Trevor Toom, is that you're lucky if you'll break even on the Olympics. So I'm, you know, I'm for all for the Olympic spirit. I'm all for sports, I'm all for athletes. But as one of the uh, professors, you might know him, Dr. Dr. Anyway, I'm talking to him about this. And the first thing he said is there is not enough bang for the buck. He figures it'd be better to take the money and spend it directly on Alberta and Canadian athletes. Now who? Who was that, Dr. Bowie? <laughs> he was a volleyball coach at UFC. Is, uh, is this what they say is a senior moment? <laughs> Thanks for the question. And if, I'll remember his name tomorrow. <laughs> Dr. Who? Yeah. See? Dr. Bratton. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, Ron Pratt. Um, I don't want to unnecessarily cast a pall over these proceedings today, but there is a book in the public library titled The Games, subtitled uh, Global History of the Olympics. It's written by a British academician and sports enthusiast by the name of David Goldblatt. He's written a number of books about international sporting events, uh, the World Cup, uh, World Cup of Cricket, and so forth. He had practically nothing to say about the Calgary Olympics in 1988, and uh, what little bit he did have to say was certainly not flattering. Uh, one sentence that I recalled, um, Calgary, 1988, a forlorn attempt by this prairie city to be more than Mounties Rodeo and the oil business. Forlorn attempt, sad, pathetic, unremarkable, and accomplished. A forlorn attempt. A couple of other items, uh, he talked about uh, scantily uh, scandalous costume worn by the East German figure skater Katarina Witt. Uh, another was about the sexual proclivities of the two main figure skaters, Brian Orser and Brian Boitano. Um, that was about it. He, had, he really had nothing positive to say. So um, given that so many people in Calgary and other parts of Alberta have been dislocating their shoulders, patting themselves on the back over the 1988, it doesn't really jive with other people's Remembrances. And do you have any comments, Tom? Well, thank you for that, Ron. But uh, generally, uh, the Calgary Olympics were a great event for Calgarians. Uh, people in Calgary 
received a lot of benefit. My partner got a free jacket. Uh, you know, a lot of the volunteers got free ski outfits and things like that. And there was a great sense of accomplishment by Calgarians, and they took pride in doing it. And I think by any uh, criteria, the Calgary Olympics in 1988 were a success. Uh, there was a lot of things developed for the city. The uh, Saddle Dome is a legacy. There was a skating oval at the University of Calgary, a ski jump if anyone ever wanted to use it. But all in all, Calgary, I would have to say, had a little bit of a feeling of insecurity at the time. You know, we weren't a big city then. Uh, and uh, we hadn't done anything really extravagant or extraordinary to talk about other than feeding the world, uh, that is Alberta with our grain and, and oil. With Other than that, uh, we hadn't done anything to put Calgary on the map, so to speak. But when it was all over, and it was over without any really big foul up or hang up or terrorist threat or anything like that, People were pretty proud of the fact that they had pulled it off. And pulling off an event of that significance and magnitude is not an easy thing to do. And it required, from Calgary's point of view, a very large number of volunteers. People who were happy to do it, pleased to do it, smiling when they did it, and when it was done, I think they were justified in patting themselves on the back and saying, a job well done. Uh, Art, Art Sanford is the name, uh, Tom, and um, I guess I'm in disagreement with some of the things I'm hearing. I'm uh, very entrepreneurial. In 77, I started a business at age 38 with my wife, when a shoestring, and I had a house that was paid for, and I financed it that way. 19 years later, six months, I was able to retire, both of us. So uh, we always stretched out, bought more than we thought we could sell. We always keep stretching, stretching out. And I see, think that's, as I think of the Olympics, I think of that as a sporting event and a business event. It's two things. So I think there's a great chance for Calgary to do great things. Um, I should mention the Olympic Committee that reported to City Council said they wanted two buildings built. One was a field house and one was a mid-sized arena of 6,000 seats, that's all. There was no suggestion of building a new Olympic arena. Now, what happens in between now and the Olympics is a long time and a lot's going to happen. But I think that it does a great deal for the community, it does a great deal for the province. And just, we just need to learn to stretch out and, and too much negativism sometimes. Mm -hmm. I'm a very positive person and I think if you strive to do something, you will be able to do it. I'm sorry, I didn't hear you. Was it Mr. Sanford? Bob. Yes. Sanford. Uh, I know Bob Sanford from Lethbridge. Any relation? Well, I had a business in town here for 20 years, just about 20 years. Okay. And did very well at it, thank you. Okay. All but right. uh, that's, that's part of the game. But you've got to stretch out beyond our thinking, you know. I'm afraid that as we get into our senior years, we no longer want to do that. Thank you, sir. Uh, I'm sorry, I, I don't want to sound like a pessimist over the Olympics. All I want to say as a businessman is that there is a better use for that money than the Olympic Games. 
Let's have the Calgary Games, the Alberta Games, the Canada Games. But I don't know that it's our job to develop athletes and athleticism around the world. The original idea, idea of Olympics was to uh, compete collegially around the world. If you want to put it in, in uh, beauty pageant terms, it was uh, peace in our time. Let's develop peace through the Olympics and things like that. And that's a good idea. I'd like to do that. But I don't think we have the means to do that. Let's spend the money where we can use it. Thank you, sir. My name is Douglas Mitchell. Hello, Mr. Mitchell. I was dealt the Joker card. So. <laughs> But as one old sport, very old sport, to another old sport, I remember halcyon days in the 50s when I was living in Scotland playing first class 15-a-side rugby. That's rugby union. And uh, I've always been a keen sports follower of all dimensions. But I am concerned that what has crept into it, and Art is an example of that. He is boosting the economic benefits. I can understand the benefits to people around the world who follow sports, which has now become, in many sports, a global affair, and the importance of that. I do have trouble, though, great trouble, in terms of the money that it involved, the cost of doing that, and given the economic climate at the present time in this province in, in particular, um, and also look, our concerns about the environment, which is also dear to my heart, uh, I would like to say I cannot vote for spending another multiple million dollars on an Olympics here. But maybe I'd like you to reflect on that and the role of sports in the world. Thank you, Mr. Mitchell. Sorry about the, the joker, but <laughs> uh, while I have the opportunity, while you brought it up, uh, I'd like to share with you the results of the scientific poll that we <laughs> Uh, I see a gentleman over there nodding, yeah, like this, <laughs> uh, that we just conducted here. And I want you to know I'm going to take this back to Calgary with me. And when I am on a panel again in Calgary, which I have been in the past, in regard to this topic, uh, I'm going to pull the results of this poll out and say, this might be the feeling you have here in Calgary, but I've been down to Lethbridge. I've gone out and I've asked, and here's the answer. Now, you can let your breath out now because I'm going to tell you what the answer is. The answer is, uh, I'm still confused about whether it's red or blue card. <laughs> red is no. Red is no. Well, let's start with the uh, yes. 21% said yes, and 70% uh, said no. And 8% says, you don't know what you're talking about anyway, so I'm not voting. <laughs> <laughs> so, Mr. Mitchell, that wasn't your question. 
But the answer to your question would require a great dissertation, I think. And I am not qualified to give you that. I know there are academics in this room that could give you that. But let me just say it was well put. Thank you, sir. Uh, <clears throat> Terry Shillington is my name. And I, just, I don't have a question as much as a comment on the question. Uh, um, the, que the serious question that was asked here a moment ago about what has changed uh, between 88 and now. And here's my reflection about it. I think uh, governments at all levels in Canada are feeling immensely pressed by financial issues that probably wasn't felt as much. The oil revenue is not as great. We have how many Indian communities without proper drinking water? We have people on the streets that are homeless uh, and not enough facilities. We don't. We 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 need childcare for people. Uh, anyway, uh, governments are unable to meet some of these basic necessities of life in a province as rich as Alberta and Canada, and. Uh, the thought that we would put on a, an event that is really a, a party, a wonderful party, but, but maybe it can't be justified in the, uh, uh, if juxtaposed with some of the real human needs that we say we can't afford to do. Thank you, Terry. <clears throat> uh, I'll, ju I'll just quickly bo bottom line what Terry said. And Terry, you think uh, you said that we have other more pressing needs in the province than the Olympic Games right now. And I would have to agree with that. In regard to the position of our governments, I mentioned that they're maxed out. They've maxed out their credit cards already. We are talking about spending money we don't have on something we do not need. So that's my bottom line and all I've said today. So thank you, and thank you. And Knud oh. here will be our final question. One more okay. question, if I'm allowed. How come you get two questions? <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm sorry. You've got to get go a ahead. few perks being chairman of the organization, right? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, my question relates to the to the plebiscite. <clears throat> the plebiscite is is non-binding, as I understand it. What, uh, what, how, is your, how do you feel about the, uh, you think the provincial government will kick in money if the plebiscite is negative and Calgary still wants to go ahead? You, what, what is your feeling on that point? That's a good question, Knut. And the reason Calgary is having a plebiscite is because the Alberta government said to it, if you do not ask the people of Calgary this, we will not contribute to the cost of the Olympics. That's their bottom line, and they're saying that because they don't have the money. And they're trying to find a way of getting out of participating in the Olympics by shifting the blame to the plebiscite. Now, the plebiscite is non-binding. Every time you hear the word plebiscite, it's preceded by the word non-binding. But in a democracy, if you get a majority vote in a plebiscite, the government would be ill-advised to ignore that. But the problem with this plebiscite is that in civic elections, people do not turn out to vote. Even when there's a civic election, there was only 30 to 35% turnout vote in Calgary. Now suppose for this plebiscite, you get that 30% turnout, and every person voted one way or the other. It does not matter 
because you do not have a majority of eligible voters voting. In order for this plebiscite to have any value, a majority of people in Calgary who have the vote have to turn out and vote. Otherwise, the city council will not have a mandate to go ahead. The provincial government will not feel obligated to pay for the Olympics, and the public won't accept it. So what this is going to result in is this will be an election issue in March of next year. You will have candidates standing here before you talking about this and that, but they won't mention anything about the Olympics. But it will be your duty and responsibility to ask them where they and their party stand on the Olympic Games. Do you want the province and the city and Canada paying for the Olympic Games? You should have that right. You should have that right today. There should be a plebiscite today for all Albertans because you have to pay through your taxes for the Olympics. And just as the people in Calgary have a plebiscite on this issue, you have the right for a vote on this issue as well. So six months from now, March, the election is going to come up. Somebody's going to be standing here and talking to you. Make sure they tell you where they stand in regard to paying for the Olympics. Thank you, thank you, Knut. <laughs>